0: Are uh, like for a man that that gave his life so that we can meet and hang out together and sit by each other. Can we just make some noise and give honor where honor is due? Amen. And especially thank you because my wife is white, so thank you, Martin Luther King. Okay, amen. I've been in trouble, you know what I'm saying? Um. about that one later um anyway well listen welcome to view if this is your very first time let us say uh welcome we're happy that you're here can we just uh love on our first time guest really quick um, it's cultural here at city hope church uh, for us to love on people that have never been inside of our doors because really our, our goal is to make so many more people feel like family um, so We're just happy that you showed up tonight and and, and decided to be a part of this movement called VIEW uh, happening in Mobile, Alabama. So uh, thank you for being here. Also, groups uh, are starting in the first week of February, I think, February 4th, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I want to tell you, if you're in this place right now and you're looking at your situation and you're going, I need fellowship, I need community, I need more than what I've got, and I need some. Groups is how you do it, and here's the thing: we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna make it difficult for you. We're actually gonna make it incredibly easy. Here's what's gonna happen: starting next week, we will have our group host right where the merch table and stuff are right now, and you're gonna be able to just go and talk and say, "Hey, what's going on with your group? I want I want to be in one. Are you good enough to have me? Okay, this is an audition for you. Okay, um, you go to that part of our, our comments and you talk to some people." whose whole mission by standing there with the T-shirts they're going to be wearing is to make sure you get into a life-giving group. Here's why. I want to eliminate the excuse that I came to view and I just didn't really feel connected. Not anymore. Not anymore. This will be family, and we're going to make sure, even if there's two people that say that, that's two people too much. If you want to be a part of the family, you're going to get an opportunity. Sounds good? All right. You can clap for, you clap, okay, perfect. That means y'all gonna be clapping in my message, okay? Um, uh, but listen, we're, we're beginning a brand new uh, collection of talks tonight, um, and they don't really have a title, okay? Because um, I'm kind of weird, as you're gonna find out if you don't know me yet. I'm just like, I'm wow, I'm like off the handle. I just, I don't really think like most people think, and it's kind of uh, probably annoying to most people, but uh, like... I got super artistic with this collection of talks, and I was like, I want to title them by not titling them at all. Like, no title. They're all going to be individual series in one collection, okay? It's art. You got to get it, you know? So I actually didn't title the entire series, um, probably because I just couldn't come up with a good name. Um, but every message is is going to be decidedly focused on this idea that the world gives us an opportunity to take temporary solutions to some things um, that are only solved in the spirit so we're gonna take three weeks and we're gonna kind of dive into some topics that I believe uh, are gonna help us kind of develop as believers and develop as Christians and, and kind of do this thing we call Christianity a little bit better than maybe we did last week so uh, that's our hope that's my goal and I hope that tonight God speaks to you right where you're at gives you something inside of your heart to where you know hey that that's not a sermon the Lord spoke to me that's not some dude's attempt at uh, trying to write something uh, that coincided with the most important book of all time the, 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 the words meant nothing but the way that God talked to me that was important so my hope is that tonight you don't hear me you feel God amen is that cool can we speak a little truth tonight huh Well, you know what's about to happen. You can't speak truth if you don't have truth. Amen, okay? And I'm not talking about the one that runs out of battery. If you brought your Bible with you, your physical Bible, just raise it up and say, I got it. I'm old school. And if you didn't bring your Bible and you put it on your phone, I just want you to say right now with your own lips, I'm a millennial. Amen. Okay, let's read. We're in James chapter 1. We're going to be in verse uh, 2. Verse 2, and we're going to... Going into verse four, verse two through four. This is what it says. Uh, Here we go. Consider it all joy, my brethren. A little backstory before we keep going. Uh, James is actually, most scholars believe, written uh, by the brother of Jesus, James, the brother of Jesus. So he had a firsthand account of all of Jesus's. I wonder if Jesus was like funny as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, was well, she like, no, James? You can't do that ever. Like, you have to be good, only good. Or like, what's? I don't, I don't know how Jesus was as a kid, but however he was, James got a first eye view at it. This was James's kid brother. Imagine having Jesus for your older brother. Probably was weird. Um, but like this, this is incredible that that Jesus affected his younger brother so much uh, that that he actually wrote a book about his life. How many of y'all know sibling rivalry is for real? How many of y'all know that? Okay, okay. So imagine sibling rivalry, insert Jesus. Let's keep reading. Um, It says, consider it all joy, brethren. This is James talking. When you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That the testing, so consider it joy, knowing that the testing of your faith, knowing that whatever you're going through right now, the difficult problems that you're handling right now, is going to produce in you endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Tonight we're going to kind of talk about this idea of how do we deal with uh, difficult situations. My dad always used to say, still says it now, um, that if you're not in a storm you're about to go in a storm, and if you're not about to go in a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, and if you're not in the middle of the storm, you're coming out of a storm. I'm like, Dad, your life just seems real stormy, okay? Uh, But it's true. Like, No matter where you are at at any point in time, you are one step away from being in a difficult situation. Some people call that I hate life. Some people just call it regular life, okay? Um, There's nothing we can do about it. These situations at times are inevitable. You're going to go through difficult situations, and James makes that very clear, and tonight we're going to talk about how do we deal? How do we deal with difficult situations? So if you're taking notes, the title of tonight, as you can see, is COPE. Write that down and make it all lowercase with a period. It's art, okay? COPE, okay? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are, and we give you uh, honor in this moment right now. There are so many people right now that are hurting, that are broken. Uh, that, are, that are smiling and that hug people in their sorority or their fraternity or their football team or, or their friend group, like everything is okay, but they know on the inside they can't stand who they've become. Jesus, for somebody like that, I pray they find, their, find you and find your hope and find that, Jesus, there is an answer to the questions inside of their heart. Tonight, I pray is a turning point for somebody who Words in my mouth and the meditations in my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father. We love you, we love you, and we love you. And everybody said, "Amen, amen." Listen, um, can I can I just be real about something? Fast here, uh, I'm not going to take too much time to talk about this uh, because it's kind of embarrassing. Um, but as a kid, I was mad weird. Like some of you guys are like, <laughs> me too. Um, but, but I'm talking about, like, next level weird, okay? Like, I've tried to put on the facade by playing basketball and playing baseball and playing football. Even in the high school, I was playing basketball, playing baseball, playing football. But I had this closet weirdness that I didn't really show anybody until I got married. And my wife was like, what did I marry? <laughs> but, like, for instance, was anybody in the magic as a kid? Anybody like magic? So nobody, that's okay. Because even if you were in a magic, you weren't in the type of magic that I was into. Okay, I'm not talking about like card magic. I'm not talking about like like oh, this is a hat, just playing. This is a rabbit. Like I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about like sleight of hand type magic. That's not magic. That's fool's gold. Okay, I'm talking about fantasy. I'm talking like I'm talking about reading books that had dragons in it and sorcerers and amulets. Like I'm talking about some deep, dark, like Lord of the Rings type wrapped up stuff mixed with Dragon Ball Z. Like I'm talking, okay, but I did not get into anime. So if you're into anime, you're weird. But like <laughs> but like growing up, I-, I just was super into magic. I loved Magic and, and secretly in my heart, like I, I, I love the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe and, and all of the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, even at my friend's house, I would open closets secretly hoping, whoo, there's gonna be like talking centaurs and stuff, you know? Like, like I would go, <laughs> I was opening doors, I would open the same door twice, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's not there. What if I, mm, nah, it's still not there. But And I'm not kidding. Like, you're like, oh, he's hamming this stuff for a certain... No. Like, literally, I was obsessed and believed in magic and fantasy and secretly kind of still do. You know, like, like, I had a sword that I named. It was made out of wood and a ruler. But, like, I was just really... Into magic and the specific power that I loved more than anything. Like I, I would love the ability to like control dragons and like, like there's some things that are really cool. You know what I'm saying? But the one that I was super obsessed with was being able to like teleport my body with the use of magic. I wanted to be able to be here and then be there. And all I had to do was this. Y'all can still see me? I was trying to be in Hawaii. It didn't work. But, like, I don't know why that was the power that I was obsessed with. But for some reason, I would, and I would, this is the embarrassing part. Every day after basketball practice, I'm a grown teenager, and I was still practicing. (laughs) as if you could practice to get better at something that's not real. Like, I, I would sit in my room and I would close my eyes because every magic theory is the same. Like, if you, if you really are given the gift and you try hard enough, you can make it a reality. So I would try and focus all of all of my brain neurons on the place that I wanted to be, and I would try to teleport and be like, Boom, I like, and I would try and do all this stuff, and I, was, and I was opening closet doors, and you can understand. My dad was like, man, I'm so disappointed. What happened to my son? <sighs> he likes reading dragon books and stuff, you know. <laughs> I read The Last Harry Potter in 16 hours straight. I only stopped to eat the PB&Js that my mom brought me, and that's a true story. Um, so, like, I was just a nerd. I was weird, okay? And, and I took this love for magic and this, uh, this idea that I can teleport into my marriage. Uh, some people bring other types of baggage. I brought magic. Um, but my wife doesn't even know this story because she still thinks everything's cool. Um, but like uh, last week, my wife was dealing with this crazy uh, sinus infection, and she's still dealing with it. crazy. We're probably going to have to take her to the doctor. But she's dealing with this sinus infection, and if you know white chicks at all, they think essential oils can fix everything. Yeah, and I'm done for thinking about magic, right? It's the same, okay? It's just as real as essential oils. Um, but, like, m- my wife, she, so, so this is what happened. She's in the room, and, and she's like, she, she says to, to me, as uh, she's like, you know how some people, like, talk as they're walking out of the room? My wife does that. And she was like, she was like hey, sweetie, I'm going to go take a bath. I'm probably going to use one of my bath bombs, and I'm really excited about this. Um, hey, is the bathtub clean? And I thought to myself, I was like, uh, no, honey, it's not. I don't think so. I haven't cleaned it this week. Okay, perfect. What? You know you can't take a bath with a ring in the tub. Okay, that's nasty. Um, showers are fine. Okay, baths, no. Uh, but, but I thought maybe I would get away. Maybe she would like, end up like pouring some essential oils, her fake magic like in the tub, and then take the shower. Everything would be okay. Uh, but she doesn't. Um, and, and then she starts to call my name. Jared! Jared! Sweetie! Right? And it was at that moment I knew what was about to happen. She never actually even asked me to clean the tub. She just called my name. And at that moment, I was reminded of my history. Reminded of a time when I believed in magic and magical creatures and dragons and centaurs and talking horses. And it was at that moment that I attempted the unattemptable. I tried. Share it. I'm coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> Went and cleaned the tub for my baby. I knew she was going through a lot. So if I wasn't in Narnia, I could at least help her clean the toilet. Okay. Um, but have you, ever, like, have you ever felt like doing this in real life? Maybe, maybe you weren't as deep off in the fantasy type weird stuff as I was. But everybody at some point in their life gets to a, gets to a place where like, man, I just wish I had a pass on life. You know what I'm talking about? I just wish that whatever this situation was, I could just like zap and be done with it, you know? Like this breakup is hurting so bad, I wish I could just like end it and just like be in Hawaii right now. I wish I could have a pass on whatever it is I'm going through. And I know I felt like this so much growing up, and I still feel like it now. Like whenever I'm faced with a difficult situation, I'm like, man, if there was a way around this, I would definitely take it. Like, Like 100%, I would take whatever the shortcut was to getting through this specific issue. And honestly, it's okay. That, that's human nature to want to avoid problems, to want to avo- avoid confrontation, to want to avoid a trial. The trouble is the Bible doesn't say anything about that. The Bible doesn't say anything about teleporting to a magical land where there are no problems. Unlucky for me. But the Bible does talk about in James finding joy. Every time I read that passage of scripture, I'm just like, wait, what? You're talking about when I'm going through something, I should, joy? What? Like, this makes no sense. I don't, I don't really get what it is uh, that it's trying to communicate. I don't know how I can have joy inside of something that's causing me so much pain. And the reason why, the reason why it's hard to understand is because everything inside of our human nature is telling us to do the exact opposite. I'll make it make sense. When you go through something, you go through a situation, maybe your response is depression. Maybe, maybe you're somebody who, who really is, is kind of susceptible to this, the, 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 the idea that your emotions and everything that, that's going on in your life is so difficult that you just want to quit. You, you feel depressed. You're like, the depression is just telling you give up. It's not worth it. Or maybe you're somebody who deals with anxiety, and anxiety is telling you it's just so much going on. You can't deal with it. It overwhelms you. There's no way you're enough to handle what it is that's going on. Or, or maybe you're somebody that turns to substances. I don't know what it is that you're dealing with. And then all of us have Instagram telling us that we're the only one dealing with this, and everybody else's life is perfect, right? So everybody has has these things that are, that are trying to work on them and let them know that this situation is a little bit too much. And the way that you're going, I don't really know if it's the right way to go. And this next part is going to sound extremely logical because it makes sense to all of us. The most dangerous voice in all of this when we go through a trial or when we go through a situation is our flesh. And the thing that our flesh is telling us to do is to cope. Our flesh is telling us Whatever the situation it is that we're dealing with at the current period right now, we should find a way to cope. We should find something that takes our mind off why this is so bad. We need need a coping mechanism. And, And basically what that means is I need to find comfort in the midst of all this pain. I I want some comfort. I want something that's going to take my mind off how bad this hurts. I don't care what it is, and I don't care at what cost. I need something that's going to take my mind off all of this pain and make me feel a little bit more comfortable. The problem with with coping is when we do end up finding that comfort, we don't just find comfortable uh, in the pain. We don't just find comfort in the midst of the pain. The trouble is oftentimes we get comfortable in the pain. It's not just that we find comfort in the midst of pain. We end up being comfortable in the pain. And I'll make it make sense. Has anybody ever dated somebody? Anybody? Some of y'all need some help. I I can give you some numbers. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Christian Um, mingle. Have you ever had a rebound? Has anybody ever had a rebound? Ever, ever. Good. We have some sinners in the house tonight. Amen. Okay. I'll see you guys after church on the altar. Um, no, but, but we've all done this. We've all had a rebound before. The, the trouble is if the rebound goes from being a rebound and if, and, and, and if uh, a couple months go by or a couple years go by and you end up marrying your rebound. Sounds like a bad nightmare. But it happens. And the truth is that's what we do with life, Right? We go through a super difficult situation, and we're right at the edge of it, about to get out of it. And what we do is we're like, man, I'll feel, I'll, I'd rather feel anything besides what I'm feeling right now, and I'm going to get a proverbial rebound. Whatever it is, a coping mechanism to help me take my mind off how bad this situation is, I just need a rebound in life, and I take it, and what, turned, what, what was at one time supposed to be a temporary f- fix turns out to be a life decision, and you're stuck with that rebound for the rest of your life. We make these decisions to get into these specific habits to to handle whatever is going on in our our current life. And we make this decision. We jump into this habit. We find this coping mechanism just to get us through this one problem. And it ends up being a mate, being a partner for life. We're stuck. But see, James says something a little bit different in chapter 1. He says, no, 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 the Bible doesn't call you to cope. The Bible calls you to do something else. It's saying that even in a situation, no, 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 especially in a difficult situation, that we're to find joy. Wait, what, James? I don't understand. What are you talking about? What do you mean joy? What do you mean joy? Uh, So I'm supposed to be like those weird Christians that when my car gets wrecked, I'm like, look at God. (laughs) Look at him. He's doing something on my behalf. <laughs> when, somebody, when, when, when somebody breaks up with us, we're like, I wasn't even really that great anyway. The Lord is better. Wow. God it's kind of All the time. Like, like, are you telling me, James, to be weird and awkward, to be happy even when I know this situation is terrible? No. See, you got to understand the context of what he's talking about. See, happiness is something completely different than joy. And, and, and check this out. Uh, to be happy inside of a moment that calls for you to be mourning, that, that's not Jesus. That's just miscommunication, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. See, happiness is, is a state of your emotions, emotions, your feelings, the things that change with the flip of the TV, right? You can't ever trust a feeling, right? Uh, happiness is a state that, it, that, that happens exclusively inside of an emotion inside of a feeling, something on the surface. Joy is something completely different. Why? Because joy makes its home in a soul. See, see, joy is the state of a soul when it understands that God is in complete control of everything happening in your life. Happiness gets lost when a tough gets going. Joy stays in its spot. Because it knows that whatever is happening right now isn't going to last. And there's somebody who's equipped to deal with it. And his name is Jesus. See, joy is something completely different. And and, and that's what James is calling us to have. It's saying you've got to have joy even in the midst of your difficult situation. James says count it all joy, my brethren. But the why part is the one we're going to focus on tonight, okay. He says have joy. Okay, we got that. We understand. Joy is in the soul. It happens inside of us, but why? It's a question millennials always ask. This is a question that I ask because I am a millennial. Why? I get that, but why? And here's the why, and check it out. This is where it gets really good. Now we're going to actually start talking about some theology. He says, count it all joy. Why? Because knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce what? Endurance. You guys don't seem near as impressed as I do when I read that, okay? Um, it's okay, you're about to, because this is going to make some sense really quick. And do, why, is, why is the Bible talking about running long-distance marathons when it was just talking about joy? Like, this is weird, like, why do we flip the switch? And the girls already checked out because they were like, I don't even do sports, like, I'm out. Stay with me. It's not exactly what you're thinking. It's going to produce Endurance, put that up one more time. I want to see it really quick, one more time. Uh, Check that out. Boom. Count it all joy when you encounter various trials because why? Knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce endurance. Some translations say steadfastness. Other translations say perseverance. But the Greek is the same in all of them. It's this really interesting word called hypomone. Everybody say hypomone. Boom, you speak two languages already, okay? You're smart. I don't care what your grades say, amen? It produces uh, this characteristic inside of us called hypomonee. And and this idea that, that there's an endurance, there's a gift at the end of our difficult situations is something that James tackles with so much tact. And I love the way that he says, he says, be of good spirits because in exchange for your difficult situations, God is going to give you something worth so much more than the pain you just went through. As long as you stick it Till the end, God is going to give you this idea of of hypomone. And and that hypomone, basically what it is, it's this godly characteristic. When you get that, there's there's something otherworldly about this type of endurance. It's not just like you got lungs and you can run for days. It's like you can go through the messiest of the messiest of the messiest, and you still trust God because you've developed over time through trials. You've counted it joy. God has given you joy, so now you've developed Hypermone, God has given you this gift that you now have as a mature believer to be able to walk this race with endurance. And I I see what some of you guys are thinking. You're like, well, that's great. If that's the case, if all I got to do is get through this problem, why don't I just find a coping mechanism, focus on that, let the bad situation happen, and then I'll still get hypermone at the end. And i still speak two languages. Boom, Jared. There you go, pastor. Wrong. (laughs) Here's why. You can't cope and have joy at the same time. You can't cope and have joy at the same time. Here's why. Coping is an admission of the fact that your problem is so hard to deal with head-on that you've got to focus your attention on something else while it keeps beating you down. Joy is understanding that God's in control and can handle any situation that presents itself. So there's no way you can be focused on Christ and focused on your coping mechanism at the same time. You can't have joy and cope at the same time. Something's lacking. No, the Bible doesn't call you to cope in your situations, and then you receive this gift of endurance. The the truth is actually the opposite. The Bible has not called you to cope. The Bible has called you to overcome. And herein lies the solution. Here lies the solution to all the problems we have when we're dealing with difficult situations. God hasn't called you to cope when you're faced with a difficult situation. He's asked you to accept the joy, realize that at the end of your journey, at the end of your situation, at the end of whatever seems so so, difficult, Doggone difficult that he's going to give you this gift of hypomone, and all you got to do is keep pushing and keeping your eyes on Christ, knowing that he is the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of your faith. He's already overcome the world. All you got to do is keep your eyes on him. Amen. <laughs> There's this incredible gift waiting for us at the finish line, but we can't turn to the right and start drifting over here. We get too comfortable. We've got to stay focused and push through and allow God to show us what it is inside that situation we need to learn so that we can endure and help others endure. We've got to stop as believers, and this is something that may be my pet peeve, but like as believers, we've got to stop leaving churches because somebody ticks us off. And I can only say this because City Hope is usually not the church that people Leave because they're ticked off. City Hope is usually the church that people come to when they're ticked off, right? We got to stop breaking uh, relationships with brothers in Christ because of an offense. Now, listen to me, young people. I'm not saying there aren't divorceable offenses. There, there genuinely are. But I'm talking about if somebody seemed judgmental. What? You probably just don't understand what they were really talking about. Go to that person. Love on them. We got to stop losing our faith in Jesus when our situations get difficult. We got to, like when we're met with adversity, when, when we have a, a breakup or, or, or when something happens in our life and we don't get into the school of medicine that we wanted to get into and when we, when we don't get accepted to this or that that we didn't get to, we got to stop losing our faith and, and we got to stop just quitting and throwing in the towel going, oh, I guess this God thing isn't real. That's not endurance, that's coping. Guys, what blows my mind What what genuinely blows my mind and hurts my heart at the same time is that most ex-believers lost their faith in the moment they needed God the most. And the insane thing is that they don't realize that in that very moment, God was their greatest ally. So many believers, and it breaks my heart, so many believers have left the faith, have quit following the way. Have quit this Christian thing and, banned. you guys can go ahead and come back up. They've quit this, this, this whole thing of, of, of following Jesus because whatever was happening in their situation got so bad. The depression got so bad, they were at the corner uh, of taking their life and cutting themselves. And they were like, fine, God, I give up. You don't exist. When the truth is, that's when he existed the most word of God says Jesus is near to the brokenhearted. There's so many people, though, that miss that scripture and think that God is only there for the people that make a lot of money and look good on Instagram. That couldn't be further from the truth. If that was the case, why in the world would James say, count it joy when you go through trials? Rich people don't go through nothing, right? Not true. But but that's how we think. We're like, man, if I'm going through so much, if I'm dealing with so much junk, that's got to mean that God is not with me. I'm poor. I can't pay my rent. I ain't had a new pair of Jordans in six months. This is getting real bad. Guess God's not real. Guess I don't need it. Here's the the, the thing. Here's the thing. Most people think that when I'm in a difficult situation, I got to pray right and wrong at the same time. Here's the truth about your prayer. The content of your prayer often reveals a lot about your desires. So many people constantly pray for the provision of God on their life. They constantly pray for more money to meet rent. They constantly pray for for more funds to go to school. They constantly pray for, for, for more food to eat. They constantly pray for God to take away this pain. They constantly pray for this. They constantly pray for that. They constantly pray for this. And what happens is they get so obsessed with God's provision. You know what it would be like is if the only time I talk to my wife is when I was asking her to do chores. Maybe I need you to clean the, the bathtub that you already asked me to clean without asking it. I need you to sweep the floor. I need you to make dinner. I need you to. And when I come home, I like give her a quick peck on the cheek, and I'm like, "Baby, there's a couple other things I need you to do." It's not a relationship; it's a transaction. Here's the truth: so many po- people focus on the provision of God that they miss the person. Here's the beauty about the person. If you get the person, you get the character of provision too. But you pray for provision, you miss them all together. Guys, I want a generation of young people that don't want Santa Claus. They want a savior. so many people that are dealing with so much junk in their life right now, and they think that's a cause to quit, when the truth is Jesus is saying, just push through. There's hypomone at the end of it. There's something so sweet, you don't even understand what it is. You get through this problem, and you're like, man, there's something about me. What if we just start hashtagging hypomone? There's so much there that we're missing out on because we want to quit when it gets difficult, or maybe we don't want to quit. Maybe we just want to divert our attentions to something that's going to take the pain away for a second. We got to stop doing that because Christ wants to live inside of us and He wants to be with us, especially we, when we go through difficult things. Your difficult situation is not a cost to quit, it's a cost for Christ. He wants you so bad. He wants you so bad. And He doesn't want you to continue hurting. It's not that God is this crazy dude that's like, man, I want him to hurt. That's not what it is at all. He just knows that pain is inevitable with him or without him. That's the cause of the broken world we live in. That's why, that's because, that, that exists because sin exists. But he knows that when you go through it with him, wow, this endurance makes going through things a lot easier. Wow, I'm picking up a little bit more speed. Wow, I can run faster. Wow, my lungs are hurting. Wow, I'm not sucking in wind so hard. And I can just keep a steady pace. And, and oh my gosh, God has given me hypomone. Stop giggling when I say Greek, okay? But he's there. And he, here's the truth, young people. Jesus Christ is real. And I, I don't know how else to tell you. If you're struggling with it, come talk to me. I'll, people think that, well, there's no actual way to prove. Yes, there is. Jesus is real. There is no doubt. If you're living without him, change your life because he is so real and he wants to love you and he wants to be there for you and he wants to give you endurance and he wants to make sure that your life is, is blessed and he wants to love you and he wants to hold you and he wants to tell you that he's your, that you're, you're his child and he's your father and he wants to just be there for you and, and be daddy and all these different things. He wants that. You got to choose him first though. And let go of some There's some saved people that need to let go of some coping mechanisms in this place tonight. And there's some people who don't know Jesus at all that need to feel the love of the Savior for the first time. I believe that. Every head bow, every eye closed. If you're in this place, I'm not trying to tug on your emotions. That is not my goal. I just want to know, if the Lord God touched your heart tonight, And if you're tired and sick of living through these difficult situations with no hope, no end in sight, and depression, anxiety, or whatever it is, is taking control, and you just don't feel like you can get through another day. If that's you, or if you need to accept Jesus for the very first time, and you've never done that, please, please, in the name of Jesus, make that decision tonight, and let me walk with you. Let our family walk with you. Let us support you. Let us love on you. And let us show you the love of a father who is real and tangible. If that's you and you want to make a decision to follow the Lord for the very first time, I want you to just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Amen. 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 I'm so happy we get to be with you. There's a party going on in heaven. And it's wild. Because you just chose life. of God is seeping into every single corner of your heart making true the promises he said about you since the beginning of time you are the apple of his eye he is in love with you he is chasing after you and he's going to give you this hypermone all you got to do is choose him and you just made the most important decision of your life hands down God is real if you're in this place tonight and you're saying you know what Believer, but I've been, I've been coping for a lot longer than I care to realize. And tonight, I, I, I gotta get rid of some distractions in my life, causing me to focus on comfort and pain instead of enduring into the end of a trial, and allowing God to give me the gift of endurance. If that's you, and you need to recommit your life to Jesus, if you need to make a, a, a turn, if you need to repent, I just want you to slip your hand up in the air right now. Amen. 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 The Lord is moving in this place. The Holy Spirit wants to work in miraculous ways. We got to get out of the way and let them. We got to get out of the way. Repeat after me, everybody in this place. And for the person that accepted Jesus, I want you to say this prayer in your heart and mean it. Because after this, you've just changed the trajectory of your life towards death to life, and it's a beautiful experience that we're going to get to walk together. For those of you that need to recommit your life to Jesus, what we're doing when we say this prayer is reaffirming the promises that God has on our life. Letting Him know we are in it till the end. We're walking with Him. So repeat after me, every single person in this place. Say, Jesus, I know my focus sinned against you. I confess my sins, Jesus, and ask you to come into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. But the beauty of the cross was that you rose again on the third day. And when you rose, you rose with all power. You are God Jesus, lead me Jesus, you have my life let's get on our feet and let's celebrate the decisions that were made in this place tonight come on, y'all gotta do better than that if God just moved like he did, we better start celebrating like we know what just happened come on hallelujah hallelujah that I believe is so foundational to to any believer's walk is we're going to worship together as a body. We're going to worship together just like the words that were spoken in this sermon. Literally, the song is the same we're going to overcome in this place tonight and we're going to celebrate together so what i want to do is every hand raised if you feel comfortable we're going to close our eyes and i'm going to pray a prayer of blessing on you guys and then we're going to worship and get crazy then go outside and do chicken shots okay raise your hands god we love you so much we give you honor in this place we overcome in the name of jesus you are so powerful god your 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 goodness and your kindness is enough to break any yoke of sin or slavery we no longer are slaves to sin we're no longer slaves to fear. In the name of Jesus, your Holy Spirit is moving in this place, God. Continue to work on us. Continue to move on us. Jesus, this is not an emotional experiment. This is life change at its finest. God, we love you. We worship you. And everybody celebrated, And we said...